This episode is brought to you by Philips One Blade. You can tell someone's style by their facial hair. Let One Blade help you tell your story. Whether you're team beard or team stubble, One Blade can trim, edge, and shave any length of hair with just one tool. It's easy to use, versatile, and can be used wet or dry. Philips One Blade, your style made simple. Go to www.philips.co.uk forward slash one blade to find out more. There's always a way to make life better. Innovation in you, Philips. The Essential MBA Newsletter is here. It's me, Zach Harper, and I'm bringing you the top MBA storylines each day, along with insider news from Shams Tarania and expert analysis from the Athletic MBA staff. It's all straight to your inbox for free with The Bounce. Sign up now for free at theathletic.com slash bounce newsletter. Hello listeners, before you get into the latest PS5 episode, I'm here to let you know that each week you could get this episode and all other episodes ad-free and up to three days early. Not only that, you can also gain access to Patreon-exclusive PlayStation shows that focus on sales numbers, all-time lists, showcase predictions and more. Head over to www.patreon.com forward slash latest PS5 or click the link in the description to join our PlayStation community and show your support. Now, enjoy the show. Incredibly exciting. It's really about learning. As a developer, that's an amazing feeling to Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the latest PS5. I'm your host today, Mr. Alex Fester, and with me, as always, is Mr. Sonny Sangera. How are you doing today, mate? I'm doing great. I can't wait to talk about uh, what we're playing, um, but I'm excited about this yeah. episode because it's like it's a weird episode because there's so just different scopes of news, like completely yeah. opposite ends of the spectrum, which is the best sort of week for news. You know what I mean? So I can't wait. It is. You got like a nice broad range for all of you. Today we're going to be talking about AMD and how they love Sony's revenue. Uh, the king himself, LeBron James, teams up with PlayStation for a new initiative. Tekken 8, the game that we love, obviously, on this show, isn't the only new fighting game this year. Ooh, so there's a new contender. Uh, and finally, an extensive update on Final Fantasy 16, one of the most anticipated games on the Sony camp this year, and um, definitely. Uh, but yeah, before we get into all of that, what have you been playing? Okay, so I've been playing Hogwarts Legacy, Football Manager, Pro Evo, but let's talk Gran Turismo 7, Sophie, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, okay. all right. If you don't know what this is, we reported this months and months ago. Sony have been working on new technology to enhance simulation driving games, and that is in a new artificial intelligence codenamed Sophie. And you hear all the buzzwords, it's a game changer, it's a revolution, an evolution, all this, you're like, yeah, 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 okay, whatever. Then you get people previewing it and talking about how cool it is. You're like, yeah, okay, cool, That's that, okay, I'm intrigued now, okay, maybe it's not all bullshit. Mm. But then Sony turn around and say, do you know what, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to let you for a limited time play against Sophie and bang, just like that. There was an update to Gran Turismo 7 with a live race with Sophie on it. And I was like, oh, yeah. okay, okay, let me spank Sophie. <laughs> and ladies and gentlemen, yeah. let me tell you something. 
Sophie was not spanked. Sonny got spanked by Sophie because <laughs> you click onto the mode, you get four options, easy, blah, blah, blah. I was like, let me just scroll to expert. Come on, ladies and gentlemen, this is me, right? <laughs> expert level. I was yeah. like, where's Sophie? Where's Sophie? Where, where, where? Look at the map. Oh, she's already around that side of the track. Okay, okay, <laughs> let's go. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, this is cool, man. Like, I think the best way to put it is just give you two examples. So I do this thing sometimes if I need to catch, because you can get away with it in Gran Turismo 7, where you, if you've got like a 90 degree turn coming, you know the car, the AI car in any racing game, you know, will stick to a racing line and slow down. No racing game is different, right? Even to Sonic and Mario, you know your AI is going to drift around the corner in those games. You always know it's going to happen, right? So in Gran Turismo, what you do is you, you you get yourself enough space and as you see them slowing down, you just put your foot down and you just T-bone them on that corner because they will ricochet you in the direction you want to go while they go flying, right? I did this to Sophie on the first turn. I was like, fuck you, Sophie. Do you know what I mean? I was like, cool, cool, cool. You get these. Sophie gives you these little emoji faces about how it's feeling. And it got pissed. Okay. You know what I mean? It had like an angry face <laughs> on the top of the car. And I was like, ah, bombed it off. I was like, Sophie ain't catching me. Sophie catches me and uh, has got like this like angry, like, you know, face on it, like like it wants revenge, right? And it's literally <laughs> yeah, like bumper, bumper to bumper behind me. And it's making me swear. It's not just staying in a straight line. It's going right. I'm going yeah. right. It's going left. It tries to go left to dummy right. I'm following. I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. that's fine. And then it overtakes me anyway. We get back to a different corner, and I'm going to do the same tactic again. As I see Sophie's brake mm-hmm. light come on, I put my foot down, about to T-bone him. It just swerves and breaks out of the way completely. I just go flying past it into the wall, <laughs> and yeah. that he just carries on. And I'm just like, wow. And it's got a wink emoji on top of it. I was like, how it knows I'm about to do that to it. I was like, I love it. And then there was another one where um, literally we were, it was, it knew how I break and accelerate out of a corner, right? Mm. And it knew I was, even if I wasn't going to smash him, I'm going to try and get in on the inside. Mm. So I literally... See him coming up behind me. I'm I'm blocking him. I'm blocking him. He knows that I like to go on the inside because Sophie. Normal AI always follows the race line. All you see, all I see is Sophie come off the race line to go on the inside. What I do, as I cut him off, he just accelerates around me like he he basically dummied me to turn into the inside and then went round. And I was just like, holy shit. And I'm telling you, man, every race with Sophie is like a boss battle. It is so good because you are literally determined to win. And it is like you're racing somebody and it's learning how you race. And it's so freaky to race it the first time. And then when you race it on the next lap, not even the next race, the next lap, it's racing like you. It knows how you're racing. It's countering what you are doing. And you just got to think, oh, my God, how am I going to? It doesn't stick to race lines or anything. And I'm just like, this is cool, man. And I can vouch and say that it definitely is uh, the next evolution of racing games. You know, Sony have already spoke about how they'll put Sophie out there for people to use, but it's a totally different, it's, 
Gran Turismo has been around since PlayStation 1. This is the first time I've ever played a Gran Turismo game. And I'm like, holy shit, it's not Gran Turismo. This is like Gran Turismo mixed with Need for Speed, mixed with Porsche Challenge, mixed with V-Rally, Colin McRae Rally, Forza Horizon, mixed with everything. Even got Mario Kart skids and everything in there. And I'm like, this Sophie is mental. <laughs> like, absolutely mental. And that was on expert, like, obviously, because it was just whooping my ass, man. Um, mm. But even if you go down to the easier levels, you never break away and, and you're never comfortable because it pushes itself. Because in a normal AI, as I said, it will if, if you're ahead, it will never try to catch you. It'll always stick to its race line. It's in every game. Mm. Whereas and but and there's no and sometimes there'll be a handicap in place like cart games, right? But this yeah. Sophie will start breaking at the last available second that it has to to, to get around that corner it, to, to catch you. And, and I could see it because I was like even on easy mode, I was like eight seconds in front of one of the Sophie cars. Then I hit the next mm. checkpoint. It was six seconds. I was like, what? Then I cleanly smashed through that next checkpoint perfectly. And it was four seconds. I was like, what is it doing? And I was looked in the, um, when I looked at the replay after the race, I focused on that car just to see what it was doing. Oh my God, this car was taking risk. I was like, yo, this is like a human being playing the game. But if you've got Gran Turismo 7, go to the top right, go to the live race, get Sophie. Mm. It's only for a limited time because Sony obviously is still working on it and stuff, but it is already absolute game changer. If this had come out, if if Sophie launched with Gran Turismo 7, it would have been 10 out of 10s everywhere because literally the only reason it got wow. 9s and 8s is people said the AI is predictable. You know you, you can eventually do it. You yeah, can't yeah. on Sophie. Even if you're like in first place on now with normal AI, you're like, yeah, I've won this race now. Yeah. Not with Sophie. Sophie will catch you no matter what. Or, and I'm not just saying it's great, Sophie fucks up as well. Overturns, okay. skids and stuff, yeah. stuff like that. It will take too much risk sometime and mess itself yeah, up. Yeah. So it is proper good, dude. It's it's like okay. playing Mario Kart on four player with good Mario Kart players, and everybody's fighting and weaponing, and it's just amazing. Mm. And you, but you're doing it with AI. Wow, wow. Well, um, how many um so how many opponents can you go against? Uh, so there's um you can do one on one, which is I don't advise. <laughs> <laughs> get whooped like it's dude it's like racing the devil car in ridge racer back on a ps1 you just can't catch <laughs> yeah, it yeah. you know what i mean um yeah, yeah. but you can do modes where you race one you can do three you can do four i want to say six as well uh, but you're one of them so there's five yeah. sophies on there at the moment but um yeah man it's just watching all the other sophies go up against each other and they're like proper cutting and under the fact that ai is racing at AI and can separate and learn from each other's races. It's so cool to yeah, watch. Yeah, yeah. I'm telling you, dude, it is literally the best revolution to a racing game since flipping analog sticks. You know what I mean? Seriously? It's, is that good? Dude, think about PC. Think about yeah. all the real-life simulators. And you think about when Lewis Hamilton is racing Formula 1 and he's in the whole setup. He's still just racing AI. Now imagine if he's doing it against something like Sophie AI. You know what I mean? He's not going to be sitting there chilling, whooping their ass. You know what I mean? He's going to yeah, probably yeah. be racing. And it's just mad. And it was cool because they showed a video of um, the Gran Turismo World Champions who will actually be taking part in the Digital Olympics for Gran Turismo okay. as well, getting whooped by yeah. Sophie. And it's just cool to see... Like, because you can't make a mistake against Sophie on expert on expert anyway. Because the cool thing is, yeah. Sophie really just learns and fucks you up. You know what I mean? And and makes you put like really, even though it'll slipstream you if it has to, 
because it knows mm. the track it knows it will catch you on a turn or something and it will wait it won't just try and do it on a straight or wait because there was one time he came up he already had faster acceleration than me because he came out the mm. corner quicker as I, I and and it did it on purpose it came up level and then it stopped and went back behind me and I was like, what the fuck? And it like, I haven't caught. Mm. And then I realized because it waited until because I broke because it, it intimidated me to break early on the turn. And he went round and I was like, fuck. <laughs> so yeah, selfie mode, man. Selfie. What about you? Oh my gosh, bro. So it's like one step away from Skynet now, isn't it? So Skynet mm. can now drive cars, is what you're saying. Literally, <laughs> Tesla need to have a look at this. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I don't know where to be excited or scared, man. <laughs> Dude, it's so cool, man. It's so cool. But, uh, and you can just see now that future Gran Turismo games will be like people will love it in single player because obviously people will still play it yeah. online, playing against human races. But now when you race AI, it's like you're playing humans anyway. So it's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Well, I can't wait to try it actually because I'm, I'm that's the one thing I'm a bit dubious about. I'm like, okay, cool. The beef of the AI, but the AI is normally sick on racing games. And like, I'm not normally like the best at, AI, um, at racing games anyway, but. I can't wait to see if I can tell the difference. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm playing. The thing is, though, like once you get used to a track and you've got a car and things like that, you kind of mm. can smoke the AI after a while. You know what I mean? Unless you make yeah, a mistake. Yeah. Whereas right, right. the cool thing about Sophie is it's learning what you're doing. And there is times where I didn't. Even, Sophie was too far behind me to catch me. You know what I mean? Because it's fucking mm. itself up. But again, yeah, it yeah. just feels a lot more realistic. But as I said, even if you're just doing it, you you never get bored. You always, I always end up on the third lap of the campaign in Gran Turismo, just like messing mm. around because I'm like 20 seconds ahead of the, the pack. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Sophie, I was never more than like seven seconds ahead. And that wasn't even on. X. So I was no never, I was never no room whatsoever no. because it will catch you because it, it, it's desperate to catch you because it's yeah, programmed yeah. to learn and the emojis piss you off when you fuck up and it just winks as it goes past you you're like you bastard you bastard <laughs> <isn't it? laughs> emp your ass mate <laughs> but then i, I just I, but it got it just got me wondering dude imagine if sophie mm. was modified and put into fighting games and it could learn how you fight you know what i mean and then you're fighting sophie <laughs> like you just get your ass it'd be like fighting a japanese world champ you know <laughs> i mean what ai is already able to beat like the best chess player in the world and that what's that game called go is it the most complicated game in the world it's it can mad. like do people over like nothing so she i don't want it to touch the tech arena man it's, it's pretty <laughs> annoying enough with you with uh Lily. <laughs> what you been playing uh, but yeah uh, me, uh, I've been on the Nintendo camp. Yes, I've been on the uh, Zelda Breath of the Wild and just pretty much doing like the extra DLC that was that was out. I thought you'd um, be playing Metroid. Yeah, Nah, 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 but like that nah, just Zelda's just sick, man. It's just really good. And I've got the little one onto it as well, isn't it? And he's loving it, man. The mechanics oh, in it, good. the physics in it is brilliant. Um, so you have a whale of time with that. Uh, but yeah, um I will be starting a retro game though, I guess, in respect to most of the games that you play, Detroit. I'll be that'll be the next game that, which I will be tackling. Okay. Okay. Um, well the good yeah, thing yeah, about so Detroit though is is literally just like five hours long. Five hours? So okay, cool. That's a weekend. Not that long. That's the way. So nice, nice, nice. I'm actually looking forward to it though, man. It's like really especially with all this talk about AI as well. Yeah, dude, it's a beautiful <laughs> game. And 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 it's yeah. it's just so cool because I always see people who play these sort of games um, uh, for Quantic Dream games and like, yeah, I want the perfect ending. I'm trying to follow this. I'm like, no, just play the game how you would make those decisions and just see what yeah, you yeah. end up with and then Google the rest of the endings. You know what I mean? But the wicked thing <laughs> yeah, about Detroit, though, yeah. is it's got this like internal AI system where it shows the path 
but it, yeah, it's yeah. faded out, but it'll show what could have happened. So you're not really missing mm-hmm. out on anything. You know what I mean? Right, but right, right. It is, it, but you don't get that until you finish the section to see what would okay. have happened. You know what I mean? Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Just no play your own path. Just... Take your time. Don't yeah, rush yeah. it. Like I took my time explore, and definitely just explore. Otherwise you miss mm. stuff. But even with all that exploring that, I was done in under seven hours. So yeah, okay. yeah, it's not, it's not, right, not, it's not, not long, forward. Long. Sweet. All right, then cool. I'll I'll be starting that definitely this weekend anyway. So uh, we'll see how far I get. Um, all right then. So diving in to the news, back to that unofficial official uh, review of Sophie, man. That that's that so could be like man. a section in itself, man. Yeah, <laughs> I'm really curious about that. I was like, how's it actually gonna work? But I, that's a nice one. But anyway, let's let's dive into the news. All right, so number one, uh, actually, today. um ladies and gentlemen, Alex uh, has done it again. Uh well, oh we, <laughs> we apologize, Demi. <laughs> Demi, Demi, are you there? Demi? <laughs> another week, another game recommendation. This week, we're going to be taking a look at a game called Forever Skies. New studio, Far From Home, is coming swinging out of the gates with an ambitious project that depicts a world devastated by climate change after humanity's inaction. Forever Sky sees the player descend into a now environmentally hostile Earth inside an advanced Zeppelin. There will be light combat, but it's mostly about surviving through resource management, crafting and puzzle solving. The aircraft itself will also be key to your survival and could hold the answer to repairing the ecological damage done to Earth. The studio is made up of developers from Techland, from Dying Light and Dead Island. The Farm 51 from Chernobylite, Bloober Team from Layers of Fear and Blair Witch, and Larian Studios, I really hope I'm not butchering that name, from Divinity Original Sin. So plenty of reputable talent is on board, making Forever Skies even more enticing. The release date will be some point this year. So number one uh, this week, uh, for those unaware, both Sony and Microsoft use AMD hardware in their current generation of the PS5 and the Xbox Series X and S consoles. And while both consoles are selling, the PS5 uh, is doing much better. You know, so obviously we know that because PS5 is just kicking Xbox and that's left, right and center. But now it seems that those great PS5 sales have had a serious effect on AMD's rap street, accounting for 16% of AMD's revenue for 2022 after Sony bought 3.776 billion worth of chips. Um, and that's 377, so $3.7 billion, sorry, worth of chips. Uh, gaming overall was AMD's highest source of revenue. And uh, the way the industry is going, it seems like that will only increase over the next few years. While PS5 sales have been very good for Sony, it was only January when the company announced that it had finally done away with the stock issues that had played the consoles um, since launch. As we've seen, I mean, there's so much more uh, promotion out there, especially with the Hogwarts legacy, obviously with uh, God of War Ragnarok. You know, they're actually actively promoting the bundles. You can actually just go into, you can go into the wild now and actually pick one up, which is nice mm. to see. That's only taking like, what, two and a half years? Exactly. <laughs> same as the Wii, man, isn't it? Like, it, it took so yeah, long well, to get that, and it's the same thing. So <laughs> we're finally there, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, AM, you could, you could when the semiconductor shortage kicked in, you could see how important gaming is to um, AMD and NVIDIA and companies like this because all the other sectors such as electric cars, cars in general, other things just ran out because the priority was gaming and military, obviously, and things like that. So you got to think that if Sony bought 3.776 billion 
in chips. Now, whether that's future, it's got to be future proofing. But if they thought, if AMD thought, yeah, that's a lot of money this year, God knows how much they're going to get next year. You know what I mean? Because it's going to be ridiculous because you'll have Xbox doing better with, because their games will finally be coming out after a decade of um, nothing. And then you've got Sony constantly going. Obviously, by this point, Spider-Man and everything will be out as well. So they'll need more machines. Nintendo don't use Mm -hmm. AMD, do they? They use NVIDIA, right? No, it's NVIDIA. Yeah. 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 So obviously, oh, yeah, even yeah, NVIDIA as well, you'll see ch- chips flying everywhere. You know what I mean? But it's crazy revenue. So when we think, oh, yeah, Sony make all this money, then you think they spent 3.776 billion on just chips. <laughs> no you wonder know, I want to machines are so expensive. Are like... That's what I want to see. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's the really minimal. See the profit margins. Like, you know, the people that I already think are actually genuinely making genuinely project. Uh, sorry. We're making genuine profit will be Nintendo because obviously they've got like out of date hardware, out of date chips. That's it. You know, and they're still selling that premium price. That's like, that. Listen, we both. Jeez, it's cutthroat, man. Well, we both know seven billion dollars. We both know that the, the, Nintendo held off on a new machine because they don't need it at the moment. Obviously, we know it's coming. They know there's limitations to the games now, and you can tell after all this time, Nintendo have internally said, right, there's no more Mario Kart for Switch. Focus on the next one. Do you know what I mean? Because we don't need it. Mm. Mario Kart 8 still sells. Zelda, obviously, they had to. That was the first game that came out for the Wii U and the Switch. Uh, well, the end of the Wii U era. But yeah, I mean, like, it's got to literally be under 30 bucks profit margin on a console. Because when you consider when the PlayStation 5 first came out, Sony said the machine is being manufactured uh, level with cost. But mm. obviously, when shipping comes into account and everything, it needs to sell a game or it needs to sell a subscription to actually turn profit from the shipping. That's then it, prices yeah. went up on all the components. Just the Sony says, "Yeah, we," you know, they said, "No, the hardware now turns a profit." They're fucking up the price. No wonder, you know what I mean. But even now that they turn a profit, they're probably making like eighteen, twenty dollars per machine because you got to think the retailers buying it at. It's not what you buy it at; it's what the retailer buys at. Is what Sony is mm-hmm. making. What the retailer sells it at is what the retailer is making. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I remember back in the day when PS3 and 360 um, and the Wii were out, like the retailer I was working for, they sold a piece of hardware. They would only be making like three quid in profit margin on it. They made more profit from selling a HDMI cable than they did from selling a console. Do you know what I mean? Right, but you need to sell the console yeah. for them to come in and buy games and then you really make profit. You know what I yeah. mean? Because the game profit's like 10, 15, you know, and you can see this <clears> is why Sony has switched a lot to PlayStation Direct, that their own online store. Like PSVR 2, you can only buy through there. The DualSense Edge at first, you could only buy through there because they don't have to, they could cut out the retail middleman and they don't have to pay mm-hmm. the retail middleman. I mean, the, the DualSense Edge only went live to other retailers and it sold out straight away from like yeah. Argos and all that. And I was like, flipping heck, that's crazy. So yeah, profit margins are... Uh, um... And the operating cost as well. Remember, they re- they would have reduced the operating cost, mm. especially with the shipping weights when they reduced the size of the cooling um, unit in the PS5s as well, right? So yeah, and, yeah. and then they increased the price as well. You know, yeah. just, <laughs> it's like, yeah, we're saving money, but we're you know, charging you extra. Uh, but yeah, man, that's, that's good to hear. But uh, moving on, we've uh, got a bit more news about Sony and their uh, uh, connection with LeBron James. What have we got over there? Number two. Sony has announced a new marketing initiative called PlayStation Playmakers, which involves collaborating with signed star stars, 
which involves collaborating with signed star athletes, celebrities, with icon LeBron James being one of the first and the most notable to be signed on. As a newly officialized playmaker, James has also collaborated with PlayStation to design new accessories for the PS5, like a new DualSense controller and new PS5 side panels. For LeBron James' own part, he talks about his own excitement around getting to co-design these accessories. So this is LeBron. It's still crazy to think a kid from Akron who grew up playing games is getting to create something like this. Designing a console cover and controller with PlayStation that gives a nod to my I Promise students and where we come from is a pretty cool thing. I hope it's something that continues to inspire everyone who touches it and that they have a little fun finding meaning in every detail. This announcement comes after the program was announced earlier this week in an SIE blog post during which Eric Lempel, Senior Vice President, Head of Global Marketing at Sony Interactive Entertainment, spoke about the program in an interview. He revealed that along with LeBron James, the initial group of PlayStation playmakers includes Canadian actor and comedian King Bach, pro BMX athlete Nigel Sylvester, hey, my cousin, WNBA all-rookie Nalisa Smith, NFL stars Jamar Chase and C.D. Lamb, French footballer Lisa Zimouche, Belgian football star Romelu Lukaku, Brazilian content creator Julio Cossilio, and a variety of stars from other worlds of entertainment, gaming, sports, esports. Lempel also said that fans should keep an eye out for fun surprises throughout the week, so it's likely that the first reveal of accessories is not the last announcement of its kind for the week. Whether or not this means more designs for controllers and side panels, or if that means something else, who knows? There are also more playmakers out there that what LaPal listed, it would seem. Hopefully, a list will be revealed soon. Alice, don't know if you've seen a LeBron uh, black side panel on the controller. The controller looks cool, man. It looks cool with the graffiti on it. It's got obviously his his inspirational quotes as he talked about with his eye students and things like that. It's just really cool, man. It's a nice looking pad. Yeah, I'll check it out. I'll check it out. And I can imagine it sells out. Yes, I have actually. Yeah, it looks nice with a little graffiti-esque type of effect on there. That's good. But I guess that goes back to what you're saying with in terms of uh, how uh, Sony is making up revenue and it's with accessories, right? So I guess Mm. deals like this only help in favour that they can can definitely sell this off for a pretty... They know what they're doing. I mean, the fact that the the Hogwarts pad sold out in... It's crazy because Sony could have charged... I really want to get my hands on that one as well, man. (laughs) Sony could have sold the Hogwarts pad officially for £100 and it would have sold the exact same amount worldwide. It wouldn't have mattered. But they didn't. Yeah. They kept it at the normal dual sense price, and it sold out. And now people are selling them for like 150, 160 pounds. You know what I mean? And yeah. it's going to be the same with this. Like, if you get the right stars to do it, like basketball fans will buy this LeBron merch quickly. Do you know what I mean? And the cool thing is, what yeah. I really like though, what Sony did is it didn't turn around and say, "Yeah, it's a whole PS5 you got to buy," because that would have been bullshit. That's what these side panels are for. Is the fact that you could be a massive LeBron James fan and you see it and you want it, and you're like, ah, oh, but I've already got a PS5. You just need to buy side panels. You don't need to buy a whole new machine. Remember back on PS4, yeah. PS, PS4, PS2, you want, or whatever. Like, you want to... Yeah. Uh, uh, am I right in saying that with Switch, when they do, like, Zelda, it's like what PS4 did, isn't it? It was like, it's a limited edition console. You don't buy a plate to put on the Switch or something, do you? No, but the, the good thing about the Switch, though, is that the Joy-Cons, you can actually replace bows as opposed to buying the whole unit yeah so it's like side things you know what i mean yeah yeah yeah. yeah. so So it's exactly like that 
because yeah, with PS4, so we all thought yeah. that hard drive plate could be moved, and it could. But Sony yeah. were like, "Yeah, we got Metal Gear Solid Four themed, but you got to buy the whole console." Yeah, we got God of War. You got to buy the whole console. <laughs> Destiny. Yeah, it's cool. You got to buy the whole console. Whereas now it's like, now nah, we're just doing side panels. So if you're a massive LeBron fan and you're like, "I yeah. want the controller. I want the side panels," you're spending one hundred and ten dollars for all the whole set. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. sixty five and then fifty, so well, a bit more maybe. Yeah, the ability but to customize your system now. I mean, I'm just so glad that Sony actually had that in the forefront of their mind. You know, initially, you know, so it just makes it a hell of a lot cheaper for them. What, it costs like ten pounds or something to produce one of those panels, if that. You know what I mean? That with all the you know special different mm. uh, insignia on it, and ship it out, and they're going to sell it for what sixty quid? Exactly. <laughs> you know what? I mean? you know what? Seventy dollars. I tell you what, I'm really happy though. I think Sony did that. I don't give a shit about the the uh, cosmetic look of it. I like the fact that I can just get in and get the dust out if I need to. <laughs> you <laughs> yeah, know, what I mean? side panels off. Yeah. There's the dust shaft. <laughs> Come on, out you get, and then it's ready to go yeah. for a new one. Do you know what so, I mean? So uh, that's a good reminder for anybody listening. Go get your PS5 checked out. And uh, while you're doing that, we're going to have a quick break. Catch you in a bit. Hello, I'm Adam Hurry, host of a unique football podcast. One of the top 20 football podcasts in Guatemala. A cult football podcast. No, actually... It's one of the most important football podcasts. Football Clichés, a product of nearly 20 years of obsessive research, is a podcast about the mundane and magical depths of the language of football, the curious and sometimes almost subliminal things that define the way we consume the modern game. At what age is a player eligible to roll back the years? When does a club's highly rated conveyor belt of talent turn into a fabled production line? How many types of goal-scoring header are there in the footballing vocabulary? Football Clichés doesn't just leave no stone unturned, it looks at every single stone and wonders what's the threshold for a stone to become a rock but for football obviously listen for your sins on apple podcasts spotify and wherever else you get your podcasts football is so much more than just the score and the same is true of the live score app you probably know live score for real-time updates and in-play stats what about their pre- and post-match offerings? We're talking breaking team news, player stats, match highlights, lineups, and live league tables all rolled into one match page. And don't miss exclusive content on all things football, from the latest transfer news to expert analysis and insights, only on LiveScore's watch section. Download the free LiveScore app from the App Store or Google Play. LiveScore. It's more than a score. Hello, latest PS5 community. It's Demi, and I'm back with another shameless promo. If you enjoy listening to the latest gaming news each week, then you will absolutely love our YouTube channel. Over there, you will expect to see a variety of videos such as live reactions, predictions, gameplay, and so much more. Search latest PS5 podcast in YouTube or click the link in the description. Also, while you're at it, help to support our channel by subscribing so you never miss a video. Do it right now subscribe right now i'm watching you i'm gonna give you zero seconds to subscribe done it good back to the show ea sports it's in the game and if you don't want that advertisement that you've just heard uh, i don't know why you want to because like they're really entertaining but if anyway if you don't want it why don't you consider supporting the show on patreon and receive ad-free episodes every single week hey y'all 
<laughs> I'm recording this live, so interrupted. Anyway, uh, so yeah, so do uh, consider become a tra patron. Uh, Demi would have mentioned it earlier on in the show and towards the end. Uh, but rolling on, people. We have some interesting news. The fighting games. We talk about fighting games often on this show because it's like, you know, it's our favorite pastime, especially when it, there's JD, uh, Gentleman's Jack involved. Uh, and this is another game which is which it has well sometimes come in the middle between our um, our battles, uh, which is Mortal Kombat two. Uh, sorry, sorry, Mortal Kombat twelve. I lose my words now. You know, I thought Mortal Kombat. You, 2 you're thinking about Last of Us episode, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Mortal Kombat two. Yeah, that was so sick. That you know when they showed that that little anyway. Y'all, if you want to, we are going to deep dive into the Last of Us. We're not going to do it right now, uh, but make sure you are signed up to Patreon to get that episode of the latest PSX. But anyway, before diving into that, back to Mortal Kombat 12 now. Uh, it is actually set to launch in 2023, confirmed by Warner Brothers during an all um, earnings call relating to its 2022 earnings. Uh, speaking on what's to come, Mortal Kombat 12 is listed alongside Suicide Squad, Kill the Justice League. Um, as to WB's big releases, uh, we've yet to hear from anyone at Neverrealm about this news. Though it has been confirmed that later this year, it is likely to, it is likely that we'll be hearing a bit more of that information soon. But uh, you know, I got kind of thrown off by that Suicide Squad kills the Justice League man because after that shit, showcase man. last week, it, man, looks it just shit. looked like so disappointing. I cannot believe how shit that game looks, man. <laughs> It'll probably be fun and great to play, but this is what happens Might when be. you try to go full live service and you just like. I was just like, uh, it's not Arkham. Yeah. Arkham set the bar so high, Spider-Man yeah. raised it, and then nothing yeah. else from the superhero genre mm. has hit it since. You know what I mean? Damn you, Rocksteady yeah, and Sony. Insomniac you know, ruined, it was. ruined it. it. They had, you know, like when Marvel came out with theirs, their online service, yeah? I think WB, just they all had the same idea. Why don't we just do like an Avengers-style version in the WB world? And times change now, right? I mean, that game mm. would have taken like maybe five years to do maybe, you know, three to five years. The market's shifted now. You know what I mean? We want narrative-driven games now. We want quality. And it's just a shame that they brought it to the table a bit too late. Yeah, definitely. I think Warner Bros. I think they Rocksteady have been given an extra bit of rope to hang themselves with after the money that Hogwarts has generated for WB. So they're yeah. all right. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, so they're like, right okay, now, we've man. got a bit of a cushion. <laughs> but this game, yeah. you could tell it wasn't Rocksteady's initial project because obviously the rumours um, were going around that there was a cancelled Superman game from Rocksteady and then they did this instead because it's been hey. so long. You gotta remember Arkham Knight came out yeah. towards the beginning of the PS4 generation. It's been almost a decade. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's been that long, man. <laughs> um Duke Nukem is yeah. that you? But like literally, <laughs> it's a live service game. And don't get me wrong, if your live service game hits, you will turn profit so fast it's ridiculous. But yeah, yeah. For it to hit, it has to be special. You have to have constant content right from the get-go. Not release the game and say, here's a roadmap for two months down the line. It needs to be ready, yeah. ready to go. And it's such a small window of opportunity because you're entering a market that is Fortnite, that is Minecraft, that is Destiny, that is Genshin mm. Impact, that is Final Fantasy XIV, that is Warcraft. These are the people that are playing these games, Rocket League, all these that are constantly playing them, that you're trying to get out to play this. And you got to look at Genshin Impact because Genshin Impact came out of nowhere and it made billions mm. and billions of dollars every year since it's been out. Sony struck. That's probably their greatest marketing and partnership that they've ever pulled off from third party more than anything, mm -hmm. more yeah. than like the money that they're generating from that is ridiculous. But yeah. if Suicide Squad hits and it works and a couple of million people are playing it and they're spending money, great for them. Because it, it, let me put it this way. If 
if you say, yeah, if it was a single player game, it would have sold five million. I get that. But if two and a half million people get Suicide Squad and that two and a half million people spend 60, 70 quid in content on that game, that's the equivalent mm. of revenue from even more so. You don't even need to sell that much more because you only got to sell. Yeah. There's, if you're buying an outfit for Harley Quinn, all 100% of that revenue is going straight to WB. It's not going anywhere else. Yeah. It's not going to any retail. Yeah, it's not yeah. getting cut up. It's straight profit for WB, right? And that's mm. why in their commercial, they showed licensed outfits on the characters to entice yeah, yeah, you. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, there'll be some premium outfits. Yeah, anything that's fully licensed from another character, like Wonder Woman or shit like that, you're gonna pay for that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then they talk as soon as they said Battle Pass, I was like, I'm done. Forward. See you later. I don't want to watch it anymore. <laughs> I'm but not gonna be I playing it, which is a shame. They've also got the Flash movie coming out as well, so I guess that can kind of help with the popularity of it. So we'll mm -hmm. see. But uh, but yeah, enough of that. Uh, yeah, Mortal Kombat 12. I don't think it even holds a candle to his Tekken, obviously. But Mortal Kombat 11 was was good. You know what I mean? How the was, fuck yeah, did we go from Mortal Kombat to Suicide Squad? Yeah, I know. It's just because they I totally they forgot put in the article. <laughs> you know I forgot, I mean? I forgot yeah, about like, we were talking about Mortal Kombat then. You know what I mean? But I know what you mean. We're man. talking Mortal about Kombat. WB and their decisions. <laughs> you, know you know what it is though. Mortal you know what Kombat, they always uh, say. Yeah. They always over the last three games, like Mortal Kombat has become bigger in terms of sales than Tekken and Street Fighter because Mortal Kombat is the Nintendo of fighting games. And that's the weirdest thing to say, right? You would never put those two in the same sentence, but hear me out. Mm. Mortal Kombat is, is serious fighting players' second fighting game. If you're a massive Street Fighter fan, Mortal Kombat is your second game. If you're a massive Tekken fighter, Mortal Kombat is your second game. It's never Tekken and Street Fighter. It's always one or the other and yeah. Mortal Kombat. It's like Nintendo. Yeah, you're Kombat. either Microsoft or PlayStation with a Nintendo in the house. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's what <laughs> yeah, I mean in true. that analogy. But you're right. when you consider right. that, like, we, thought, we, we spoke about Tekken hitting seven or eight million copies sold. You got to think the last Mortal Kombat yeah. was in the teens. <laughs> it was like 13, 14 million because you've got every fighting fan buying it. But then general people who don't play fighting games pick up Mortal Kombat because it is pick up and play and fatality. It is. And it, and it always looks beautiful as well. So, Especially with that last edition. And plus, remember, it's, it has been a bit of a drought in terms of the fighting arena. Tekken's been quiet for a while. Street Fighter also has had a, 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 a few misses, you know what I mean? But hopefully they hit it strong with uh, Dude, Street Fighter 6. This year, so we've got Street Fighter 6. The, in the mm. next year, so from today, this time next year, March 2024, we would have had Street Fighter 6, Mortal Kombat 12, and the King itself, Tekken 8. You know, three new fighting games <laughs> that will then have to wait another decade for the next iteration. <laughs> for it. You know what I mean? No, it's just going to be, this is the last edition, isn't it? It's going to be DLC after this, right? No, you know about it. It'll be Street Fighter Alpha 6.174. It'll be uh, Tekken, <laughs> 8, Aftermath 2. Tekken 8 se <laughs> Season <laughs> Passes, Mortal Kombat yeah. 12 Ultimate Part 1. You know what I mean? <laughs> It's Tekken Infinity, man. This is it. This is the last Tekken we're going to see. Oh, uh, but moving on, um, we got some news about Yoshi. We're talking about Yoshi. What? I thought this is a Sony podcast. What's going on? Yeah, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, number four, get ready. Naoki Yoshi P. Yoshida, Yoshi P being his nickname, has revealed during an interview online that a group of SIE engineers are helping with optimization for Final Fantasy 16. When asked about a possible PC release of the game, Yoshida revealed that not only is the game under PS5 exclusivity for six months, but SIE are actively involved in optimizing the JRPG. The J yeah, the JRPG. 
I wrote it wrong. This is what he said. However, from our point of view, signing such a contract with a hardware maker means that we can receive technical support. This time, there is a part where we are developing together with a group of SIE engineers who know everything about the basics of hardware and provide generous support for optimization and other things that are difficult to handle. Yoshida states that Final Fantasy 16 was optimized for PS5 with technical support from SIE, and at present, it would take roughly a $2,000 PC to be able to have a similar experience on PC. So before I move on to the next set of news, Alex, I mean, we knew that PS5 was something special. Um, and, and I remember, yeah. I think it was about seven, eight months ago, it was a while back, we spoke about a news story where Square was saying that Final Fantasy 16 isn't possible without the SSD speed. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Of the PlayStation yeah, 5, yeah. because everyone's like, you got to remember, it's crazy to think that the PS5 is two and a half years old and PC SSDs now are only just like surpassing it at ridiculously like three, four grand price points though. But it shows how future-proofed Cerny put the SSD and I can't wait to see how Final Fantasy custom 16... Custom build, yeah, man. I mean, like they're working with AMD, right? It's a custom build chip and the whole architecture that Sony developed is designed for the next 10 years. And so the optimization on, on this system alone is going to be crazy. And it always it's always a lot easier to optimize system when you bought... You've got so many out there, right? It's just one system, mm. one spec, and you can do whatever you want with it, as opposed to PCs, which are all individually specced. But, uh, yeah, and it's, when you it's looking good, that, though. Final Fantasy is looking really good. But, it? dude, when you think Final Fantasy VII Remake Integrate, which is the PS5 port as well, looks stunning mm. and plays then, this is not coming to PS4. So, yeah. this is. Happy days, I want to see this, it in full glory. <laughs> this game is going to join Gran Turismo in making that PlayStation 5 per. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it should, it should so really I can't good. wait. Um, and I'm really excited to see, obviously, what they do with um, just in regards to like the controller and stuff like that. But here's a cool bit Final Fantasy yeah. 16 will receive a demo a few weeks before the game's launch this summer. So the game is obviously due for release in June, with nice. all progress from the demo transferable to the full version of the game. So that basically means you download the demo, you play it, you enjoy it, because all the battles are in real time as well. You might be like, I really enjoyed that. I'm going to get 16 mm. and you get it. It just carries on from where you left off, which basically means nice. we're going to get the beginning of the game. You know, um, speaking of Final Fantasy, definitely. Speaking of Final Fantasy 16's release, Yoshi P says he's confident that the game will not be delayed, not unless a meteor happens to fall on Japan, that is. <laughs> Don't say this, mate. Have you seen the shit going on all around the world at the moment? <laughs> <Especially in> Turkey. <laughs> You know, no, I respect it. Well, Andalus is speaking Turkey, but anyway, it's mad, it's <laughs> absolutely crazy. But, um, mm. yeah, I mean, we knew the game if it's in optimi uh, optimization stages and Sony are helping and assisting on it, this game is going to look stunning as well. And as we stop mm. spoke about, we're not we're not speaking about Microsoft Activision this week, but we probably will next week or the week after because there'll be a big update and changes on that situation. But in a small mm. thingy, Sony have to now release. Um, information about third-party deals. So let's see how much money went into these Final Fantasy games and things like that, because yeah. it'll be really cool to see. And just finally, some preview details of Final Fantasy 16. So there's 30 frames per second and 60 frames per second modes confirmed. In a game like this, I'm pretty sure everybody's going to 60 frames per second if the TV supports it. The main story campaign is 35 hours in length up to 35 hours in length so basically if you want to play just a story it's about 35 hours 
There's 11 yes. plus hours of cinematic. So they, this is a full-blown narrative Final Fantasy saga story. This is like a Lord of the Rings in a game form. You know what I mean? Wow. This is what I like. Semi-open Hold on, world. is that 11 plus, sorry? Is that 11 plus hours on top of the 35? Or is that yeah, yeah, yeah. So included? he says game... Somebody asked him the question. He said gameplay yeah. is 35. Obviously, they extend it. So I would say about 25 hours of gameplay... And then, mm. you know, because people will rush it. They're talking about, like, he says the main story. He was specifically said main story. And we know Final mm. Fantasy games are huge in terms of its story and stuff. Semi-open yeah. world, I like that. Because when it's too open world in a Final Fantasy game, it just gets all lost all over the place. So mm. I like the fact that they're doing, it's going to be like a bottleneck. It's going to be a huge area, but it bottlenecks you for the story and stuff nice. like that. Yeah, yeah. Seamless transitions from gameplay to cutscenes. That's telling you that SSD is doing that God of War <laughs> stuff right now. Slick. You know what I mean? <laughs> so... If you haven't seen any trailers for Final Fantasy, you just need to look at these flipping dragons and be like, oh, damn. You know what I mean? And I like the lore. It's different. You know, the lore is different. Yeah. The game is different. People got to understand that this is the Final Fantasy. It's like cyberpunk. It's like the Witcher and everything. But Final Fantasy is more action oriented than those games, you know. So yeah. excited. And I might actually indulge on this one. You know, Demi spoke about you know, how she yeah, it's like I think one of the, this is like one of the first Final Fantasy games I've actually been interested in. Exactly, you know, exactly. Besides the yeah, remake the other day, uh, but yeah, I'm actually kind of hyped up about this because I, I, I said to myself, I'm going to do the remake, and I didn't touch yeah. it. Do you know what I mean? And I think yeah. the reason I didn't touch it, no matter even though I played the demo and I enjoyed it, and even though um, I obviously was like, yeah, it's come to PS5, it's free now, things like that. I literally. Um, didn't bother because I was just like, I already know how it ends. I've already seen like the Blu-ray and all that stuff. Whereas 16 is a new game. So I'll be like, yeah, no, I want to play that. And um, yeah. I'm excited for it. And Demi mentioned it. I think she mentioned it. She only jumps into the occasional final. Yeah, she did in her most anticipated games. She jumps mm -hmm. into the occasional number here and there. And I think 16 yeah. has got her really excited as well. So I'm like, yeah. okay, if you've high plaud, it's coming now. So we'll see what happens Yeah, definitely on that one. Yeah. Google is changing the game by teaming up with The Athletic to double its coverage of women's sports in 2023. Through this sponsorship initiative, The Athletic will dedicate more staffing and resources to focus on women's professional sports, allowing them to cover not only essential in-season games and match highlights, but broaden their coverage to include more in-depth reporting and analysis of key moments in athletes. In the second series of the program, Journey to the Cup, follow along as the biggest stars on the pitch Prepare for their moment to shine at the 2023 Women's World Cup. This sponsorship is the latest among Google's efforts to increase representation and coverage of women's sports. Google and The Athletic, changing the game. This is David Aldridge. With the highly competitive and exciting NBA season in full swing, there's no better time than now to subscribe and start listening to The Athletic NBA Show. From breaking NBA trade news to game analysis to the best interviews around the sport, we have you covered on the latest from the NBA. Plus, every morning you'll find the daily ding in your feed to catch you up on last night's action. So if you love the NBA, check out The Athletic NBA Show on your podcast platform of choice or listen ad-free on The Athletic app. 
This week on the latest PSX, the team sit down and discuss episode 7 of The Last of Us HBO show. I'm pretty sure it might be another 10 out of 10 from Alex, but you'll have to go and see for yourself. If you haven't already joined our Patreon this week, then head over to www.patreon.com forward slash latest PS5 or just click the link in the description and listen to this week's extra episodes. If you don't want to hear any advertisements, as always, you've heard us say this a number of times. Just become a Patreon member. Like, what are you waiting for? It's there. Mm-hmm. It's so easy to do. The entry prices are so ridiculously cheap, and you get so much value from the show. And uh, you support the show, obviously. Uh, you're be receiving every single episode ad-free, and you also get the latest PSX, which is just a lot of fun. And this week, obviously, we're going to be diving into The Last of Us. Exactly, and shows. you might have heard Alex giggling or laughing. Going, hey, that's because I'm yeah. filming a behind-the-scenes video for Patreon as well, so they can <laughs> see what it's like when we're recording and stuff like that. So it's all cool. So cool. Director's cuts all involved. Uh, speaking of director's cuts, that's got nothing to do with that segue. Uh, the BAFTA Awards has revealed that God of War Ragnarok um, is its most nominated video game of all time with Sony Santa Monica Studios title in the running for no fewer than 14 gongs. God of War Ragnarok has been nominated for the likes of Best Game, Best Narrative, Best Game Design, Best Audio, while Elden Ring has picked up seven nominations and Horizon Forbidden West five nominations. Indie Darling Stray also did well too, getting eight nods at this year's BAFTAs. Uh, Jane uh, Millichip, full name, uh, BAFTA CEO, commented, uh, congratulations to all our nominees and to the thousands of talented craftspeople behind today's nominated games. This year's BAFTA Games Awards recognize extraordinary storytelling, craft, and performance. It's a real privilege not only to celebrate the breadth and depth of talent in the games industry, but also to bring their work to the wider public. I can't wait to celebrate the achievements of this vibrant industry at the ceremony on the 30th of March. So put that in your diaries, ladies and gentlemen. Um, so we're going to go over some of the BAFTA predictions close to the events um, at the end of March. But here are the games that are up for Game of the Year. Uh, number one, Cult of the Lamb. Number two, Elden Ring. Number three, God of War Ragnarok. Number four, Marvel Snap. Number five, Stray. And number six, Vampire Survivors. Funny, mm. there's no Nintendo games in there at all. It's next year, mate. <laughs> next this year. This year, maybe. sorry. Yeah, yeah, this year. <laughs> oh, yeah, the next yeah, one, yeah, Zelda will be, be there. in there. You know, yeah. Just in case. We know Zelda's going to be number one. Just put it there now. Do you know what's weird, though? Because um, yeah. when, when you look at Nintendo, the only games they, they released were really... Uh, did Bayonetta come out last year? It did, yeah. Yeah, 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 because yeah, that was up for action nominations and stuff like that. But it was yeah. it was remasters, whereas obviously Zelda's out this year, and Zelda will win next yeah. year because it's going to be literally between Starfield versus Spider Man Two versus Zelda. That's all it's going to be at all the award shows. Zelda will dominate it. You know what I mean? I think, but I think yeah, I think Zelda and it's going to be Zelda between Zelda and Spider Man Two, unless Microsoft can pay. Off Jeff Keighley and his crew. Well, this is weird because again, I I don't hold weight behind the game awards. I hold weight behind, as I always say to the listeners, behind the two that really matter are the Dice Awards because that's nice. developers voting, and the yeah, Baftas yeah. because it's proper press voting. You know, not just mm-hmm. the, the, there is a game of the year for fans to choose from. That's the EE game of the year, which they can choose that. But this is literally based on 
what people are saying you know what i mean and it doesn't need sponsors on all these shows like that's the thing about the game awards yeah. the fact that it needs so many sponsors to fund itself you just don't know what's legitimate and what's not right <laughs> yeah, so exactly. it's, it's like um pay to play the dice awards the fact that you know yeah it, i feel god of war is like it wins the most but never wins game of the year it's always elden ring and i feel like the same thing's gonna happen here it's gonna win the most dice awards but not win game of the year. <laughs> But we oh. always said it, it's going to be one of the two, right? And Elden Ring is yeah. something special from From Software because it just lets your imagination run wild. You are the narrator in the game because you're deciding where to go, what to do and things. And that sort of imagination done right is game of the year yeah. material all over it. So Talk about imagination done right straight. Stray's been nominated for eight. You know, yeah, it's crazy. But you know, as I, as I said to you, dude, it doesn't... Uh, when I, If you go back to when I spoke about it, it doesn't overstate it. It doesn't overstate its welcome. It's a beautiful game. It moves stunning. The dual sense is mm. absolutely unbelievable. It's one of the best examples of the dual sense, and it's only like three yeah. three and a half hours, three hours. Okay. But it's a good story. Yeah. Everything ticks on it, and just when mm. you think, okay, this is getting boring, like you're in the final level. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, it's like I said, it's, it, it, yeah. yeah, it's really that's why it's up for all these awards and why it always has been. It's, okay. It is a good game, man. It is a good game. Sony was smart to get it and get it on PlayStation Plus. Um, so you nice, should have it nice. in your library and listeners. If you don't, it's because you don't listen. You know when I keep telling you to add it to your library. <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely. That's another hack of the week. Uh, but moving on, what we got? Some more news from Sony Interactive Entertainment. What's going on over there? Okay, number six, Sony Interactive Entertainment isn't just focused on making its first-party output a quality experience for PlayStation owners. The format holder also wants to make its hardware the best place to play when it comes to third-party offerings too. That's according to Sean Benson, Sony's head of third-party portfolio and acquisitions, who told GameIndustry.biz that there's room for exclusives where it makes sense, obviously, but really, the focus, especially with the digital distribution model that is more prevalent than in generations past, is that there are different types of gameplay out there. Benson added that it's crucial to make the PlayStation version of a game the best, more so than any exclusivity deal. What kind of innovation can they apply with the haptics in the dual sense or the adaptive triggers? What could they do with 3D audio in the sound design of a game, etc.? So there's a lot of things we could do and then create marketing stories around. And that's where some of these partnerships for multi-platform games really focus. PSVR 2 presents a slightly different challenge. Benson notes as, we definitely are still in the this rising tide helps all ships mindsets for the VR ecosystem. So it's not the same kind of competitive landscape as it is, say, in the console space, kind of flat gaming experience. So what he's saying there, obviously VR you can't keep signing games up to permanent exclusivity. All the games that were exclusive on PSVR went to PC, vice versa, except Half-Life, which is still sitting and teetering around. I think Horizon and Half-Life will eventually swap and go to both other platforms. But I mean, what he's mm -hmm. saying there is the same thing. And we have seen examples of it since the PS5 come out. Everyone, well, Xbox gamers specifically, made their beeline focus on teraflops and you know what their series x can do but then i haven't wow. when you see digital foundry saying that there's way more ps5 games outperforming the series model and again it's just down to the ssd do you know what i mean mm. because the ssd makes such a difference but when if i say to you alex you've got ps5 you've got an xbox series x in your house you have Hogwarts Legacy on PlayStation 5. You have Hogwarts Legacy on Xbox Series X. You're only going to play one exact same game. 
the difference is the controller. You're going to go to PS5 because you're going to want to experience... You play it on the Xbox, yeah, it's great, but then you feel it on the PlayStation with the haptic feedbacks, with the spells and everything. You're like, oh, shit. Do you know what I mean? And then you add the 3D audio in. You know what? I'll, cho- I'll choose neither. I'm going to get it on the Switch so I can play oh, it my on God. Right oh, my God. <laughs> Lord, forgive Two things. One, he wants to have one... You got the haptic there. One, 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 frame, one frame per second with uh you know what i mean as he as he drifts to the right but then more importantly as well you know what i mean (laughs) and then uh yeah we we, we won't go into that you know what i mean but i mean it's just one of those things as well where you the best thing to do if you have both machines and you're not sure just always go to digital foundry they will give you an honest tech analysis and they will actually show you the evidence of these games you know and as the games get bigger and more taxing, SSD priority is massive, you know what I mean, in loading what's happening around you and stuff like that. And Xbox is a great machine, but you're already seeing it stutter quite a bit on certain things in these bigger games. And it'll be really interesting to see what Xbox's extra horsepower will do with his exclusive games. We haven't got anything to think of because of bloody Arnhem yet, you know what I mean? Well, Forza doesn't do anything it's for too, it. Like, yeah, it's too early to tell. You need to see think, like, too early. We're, we're, we're coming week. into the third year in about in about oh. fucking nine well, months. Well, it's been a bit of a yeah. This generation has been a bit of a hiccup. Yeah, we've had a pandemic, we had chip shortages. Uh, not to mention this deal trying to go through with Xbox and uh, Activision. But I guess in terms of uh, raw power and seeing them neck to neck, it is definitely too early to tell. But I can already, I mean, we already know it's hands down. Sony's already won. And that's not only for the fact that uh, they've both got AMD chips on there and like they're very similarly specced in terms of the SSD. Yes, I think PS5 definitely does have the advantage, but it is not too far. They're both in the ballpark. But where uh, PS5 does excel, as you've just mentioned, is the unique innovation that they the steps that they took you know to enhance the experience being the dual sense the resistors triggers the haptic feedbacks and the 3d audio those things right there make ps5 the best console of this generation when compared to the xbox because that's what xbox should have done they should have at least at least enhanced you know the, the controller they didn't do anything it's just copy and place you can still use one of the previous controllers for the 360 and play it right and still use it um and that's a massive opportunity that they missed out on. But then again, you know, Sony made the right decision, you know, went for innovation, went for immersion, and now they've incorporated that to be the PSVR 2 as well, which people are loving, it, by the way, man. I've been seeing a whole lot of unboxes and people are saying, yeah, it's great. You know, even though it is more expensive than the PS5, it's just, it's better value than any other competing um, hardware out there. So, um, you know, I'm kind of, I'm kind of bubbling up, man. I'm feeling the excitement now. I really want to get one. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's it. People like, you know, they're playing games like, I mean, Gran Turismo 7. Oh, my God, Sophie in Gran Turismo 7 VR. Bloody hell. Like, you know, you yeah. can look around. Where are you? Where are you? Yeah. Holy shit, that would be insane. But, you know, you got games like Gran Turismo 7, AAA VR, and you look at the footage of it, it's unbelievable. You look at... Uh, Horizon, AAA VR, and you look at all the other games that are out for it as well, and people are just loving it and having a good time with it. It's it's good, and I, I'm glad I waited because obviously the more and more comes out, the better the bundle deals, then I'll pick one up, you know what I mean? Um, so we'll just have to wait nice. and see, really. But uh, we'll yeah, it's great to see, to see uh, that Sony obviously is still focusing on third party. They do this quite well, though. Like, you know, they, they tied down Hogwarts fast, and if you're just a parent, you're presuming that whole, and and Alex, we see it in the sales every week. It's like seventy percent, eighty percent. Like last Hogwarts yeah. has been out for three weeks, and Demi is going to tell you in the charts just the percentage gap still. 
between the two. Mm. And the stories are coming out now, like the 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 the, the impact that Game Pass is having. People are not buying games on Xbox, not just because they're on Game Pass, but they're realizing that people are not buying games because they're waiting for it to come onto Game Pass. Do you know what I mean? And I feel it because I'm the same. Like there's so many games on my wish list on the PlayStation Store that have gone into sale, and I'm like, I'll just wait because it'll go into PlayStation Plus, and I know I get the mindset. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah, the trade. It's just one uh, of them. That's what they expect, and it is quite sad as well. Um, but yeah, um, yeah, I was going to go into the uh, the deal as well, the Microsoft uh, Activision deal, but we'll talk about touching that obviously next week. But we're going to take a quick break, and uh, we'll be right back with Demi and the UK charts. Get ready for the next battle. It is time for the UK top 10 sales charts of the week. Woo! Okay. That was an especially uh, long one because we have got quite an exciting week. Quite a few new releases. A flurry of new games hit the shelves this week. So let's jump straight into it. I'm actually quite relieved because I was sick of saying the same numbers and the same games over and over again. So it is a fresh start for March. Let's jump right in. At number 10 is Minecraft Still holding on to that number 10 spot, shall I add, with Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 at number 9. New release time! It is Like a Dragon, Ishin at number 8 with new release! It is Atomic Heart at number 7 with Octopath Traveler 2, a new release, at number 6. Mario Kart 8 Deluxe is at number 5 with God of War Ragnarok at number 4. And at number 3, a new release! Kirby's Return to Dreamland Deluxe with... FIFA 23 at number two, keeping Kirby at bay with a 21% rise in sales week on week. Now, who saw this coming? Because I didn't. At number one is Hogwarts Legacy for the third week in a row. It is still sat at the top of the UK's physical games chart this week. The game, which has so far sold more than 12 million copies globally, is at number one, and the PS5 version of the game continues to sell best at UK retail, accounting for 82% of last week's sales. Let's see if we can keep that up for another week, shall we? Catch me next week for the update. Snake, you can't defeat me with a weapon like that. All right, then. Yeah, thanks for that, Demi. What an amazing week. What an amazing week. As we heard, uh, Hogwarts Legacy doing its thing, obviously, as we expected. And in fact, actually, that raises the question, will this be the first game to actually be able to kick the top spot for the next two more weeks? So it's a total of four weeks. I mean, well, it's, it's three weeks now. Will it go to four yeah. weeks? FIFA just keeps teasing it, like it keeps like you know battering around underneath, yeah. you know. And FIFA's in bundles and stuff. If I tell you what, though, what would be interesting? It was not going to happen. But can you mm. imagine if Hogwarts stayed number one until the last gen versions, the Switch came out? It just wouldn't move then at all. <laughs> but it's it crazy. It, but yeah. It's crazy, crazy revenue for WB. They're absolutely loving mm. it. Um, it is a great game. I've just got to the room of refinement or whatever it's called. Um, yeah. It's a good game, but it was nice to see loads of new releases in the charts as well. You know, yeah. um, Kirby, Kirby Return Kirby, to Dreamland, Octopath, oh, Atomic there? Heart looks good as well. Um, yeah. That as I like said, from, I'll, uh, I'll wait for it to hit PlayStation Plus. The boys. 
<laughs> you'll say you're the guy. Is it Jensen? I can't really go. Jensen. Yeah, Eccles yeah. It's, the it's boys. super violent. He did the it's super violent. It, yeah, yeah, yeah it, looked good. Is... it looked funny. But Kirby, I'm, I'm quite amazed at Kirby because realistically, I think that would have easily been a number two. I think because remember the charts do not include digital sales. So don't happen if they don't. That, that Kirby yeah. was able to do that. You know, get to number three. Just on it would have risen by about. 0.5% in it because nobody buys digital games on Switch. But I'm, you know I'm what I mean? The, it's, um, the BF meter is going after scale. I tell you what, <laughs> the fact that FIFA just keeps like teasing Hogwarts, like yeah. I want that number one spot back, just shows you how big FIFA is. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah, but thank you. Thank you. The PSA uh, and the team, you know, the anti GT5. GTA 5 team. Don't, don't do it. Don't do it. You know what's going to happen. <laughs> you know when the February charts come out, you know it's going to be in there. Did you see that leak that came out? That that leak in inverted commas about the P uh, the GTA Six and they're basically short showing the water effects of how yeah. it looks. Dude, this looks like some of the best water. I mean, I thought Horizon Forbidden West was brilliant. You know what I mean? The water effects in yeah. that look amazing. GTA Six looks next level, man. Just absolutely next level. And like the, the little demo that they have, it's got like a just like a square section of the sea, just a beach. So you can see yeah. the water rushing onto the beach, and there's like a stone in between, like a massive boulder. So you can see the way the physics and the uh, the water bends around the stone. Oh, and how I see. I'm looking at sand it now. to um, wet, and then it gets dry. You can see the little bubbles, you know, within the uh, within the water. It ain't gonna look it like that in the game. Mate. It ain't gonna look like yeah, that well, in the game. Maybe nah, not. It might do nah. on PS Five. <laughs> I don't know about the Xbox. That looks ridiculous, man. Yeah. I'm just watching it now, ladies and gentlemen. It looks mad. It looks mad. It looks, yeah. It's exactly. a part of the Rage Engine, isn't it? Uh... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll probably just go to the beach and just chill there for a sec. <laughs> just watch it. Still don't uh, look as good as right. PS2 Splashdown. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, and can we just, you, ladies, um, gentlemen. ladies yeah. and gentlemen, can we... we just look at the land of the rising sun where the PlayStation 5 is once again the number one selling hardware for a fifth week in a row. Fifth week even though kirby launched five weeks in a row the ps5 has been number one but alex i want to shout out a specific number to you okay the playstation 4 yeah. last week in japan this is from famitsui sold 1600 mm. consoles Congratulations. that is more than the series x and the series s combined <laughs> exactly alex's well, laugh says it was you know you. what i mean if you don't release games People don't give a shit, right? You need to sell games. You do need to sell games. Uh, and yeah, I mean, Xbox definitely do. Oh, hopefully, if this year will be a telling year to see whether Xbox still has a horse in this race. And I think they will. I think they will. Uh, but regarding the uh, the PS5 being number one, the best-selling console of the week. Of the year so far, Of the year so far, mate. Of the year. It's okay. Because yeah, you got to remember, people, people, people got to remember that Switch... Nintendo haven't released a machine for this generation yet. I think. Would you say next year, twenty twenty four? It might be. It might be next year when it comes. No, out. no, not might. I just want um, a yes or no from you now. Will it come no, out? No, no. We don't know. We don't know. We don't know. Your Apparently, guess, the rumor is with the Pokemon DLC, which is scheduled to come out for the end of the year slash twenty twenty four, that there will be a refresh console coming out. It says new Nintendo Switch. That's the old. Yeah, because didn't didn't they say something about um? I can't remember. It was a company, and they they kind of talked about or kind of glazed on new Nintendo hardware or something about power. That might or have been something. Nvidia. Yeah, yeah, yeah it, it might, might have been Nvidia. Yeah, and the Pokemon company as well. But it's it's like it's yeah, it is rumored to come out next year. And yeah, I mean, 
I think right now Nintendo is just holding back their stock because they know that as soon as uh, Tears of the Kingdom comes out, they're going to be that's going to be number one again. It will be top in the charts in terms of hardware sales. Um, and then for, for the remainder of the year, so they're just giving PS5 its when's grace. It it's like, yeah, chill, relax. No, no, no. When's it out? When's Tears of the Kingdom <laughs> uh, out? May, uh, the 12th of May. So it will hold number one for a month because then Final we'll Fantasy see. 16 will come out, you know what I mean? And then it'll be like, oh, sorry, ladies and gentlemen. Sorry, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> We're back. We're yeah, back. Yeah. Like, Nintendo's all right, but we've had a great, a great, how many years? Seven years, pretty much been on the top. <laughs> so, oh, mate. It's, it's all good. Mad. It's all good. I would say, but, no, uh, it was. It started number one in Japan around about the pandemic, didn't it? That was when it actually blew up because no matter what you say, this fucking machine yeah. was tracking so far behind the DS until the pandemic. So well, I'm not, I'm not, it's Nintendo Switch's generation, whatever its lifetime number will, will have an asterisk next to it because it will be COVID boosted. You know? It will go down as the best console of all the time. No, it won't. Um, it's the guaranteed. Nintendo Switch COVID guaranteed. edition. That's what it, that's, it's the COVID, <laughs> COVID edition. edition. There should be, there well, should be lifetime sales. There should be lifetime sales for Nintendo Switch pre-COVID, Nintendo mm-hmm. Switch post-COVID. That's what we're gonna call it, right? Because it's no, the fact that, that would affect everything as well. You know, even PS5 would have been like, no, 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 bro. Switch specifically because <laughs> it had the biggest boost from it. That machine wasn't selling twenty million a year until people went into lockdown. Oh, then it boosted. Know. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I think I think PS5 and Sony fans should be happy that the Switch has taken the the crown for such a long time. But um, nah. and it will continue to hold the crown. You know, when the next edition comes out. But anyway, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for making it to the end of the show. If you have got this far, give yourself a massive pat on the back and a high five from us. Make sure you like, share, and subscribe. And just subscribe, just subscribe. Just make sure you do that. Otherwise, we don't know what's going to happen to... Um, Microsoft and Xbox. Stray Cat. The Stray Cat. The Stray Cat's going to get it if you don't subscribe. <laughs> That's it. Uh, but yeah, uh, thanks for getting to the end of the show. Um, let us know all your thoughts um, about any of the articles that we talked about today. Uh, AMD and the Sony revenue. What are your thoughts about that? The King himself, LeBron James, teaming up with PlayStation for a new initiative. Well, the new initiative, the panels that we discussed. What are your thoughts about it? Are you going to get one? Are you going to be getting any of the other variations that might be coming out? Uh, Tekken 8 for great Tekken 8 uh, going against Mortal Kombat 12 this year, as well as Street Fighter 6. What are your views about that? Which one would you be getting? Um, and uh, the Final Fantasy 16 set to be the biggest game of the year thus far, well, this half of the year, uh, for the PS5 console. Are you going to be getting your hands on it? Or are you going to be waiting for Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom? Thank you very much for listening, ladies and gentlemen. Because <laughs> obviously Zelda is the best console and game on the planet. But um, any final words, mate? Ladies and gentlemen, that comedy section was brought to you by the latest PS5. Thank you very much, and good night, everybody. <laughs> Real thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the PlayStation.